You're listening to the News That Matters podcast. I'm your host, Jeff McCoy. And I'm your host, Larry Thornton. The News That Matters podcast is brought to you by the Missions Tribune newspaper. And on today's show, we're going to be bringing you the news that matters. Our first story is about customer accounts being suddenly uh, closed by banks. Second, child mutilation surgeries cost taxpayers millions. And the third, uh, a pro-life bishop uh, was removed from office from the Vatican. Now get yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, and we'll be right back after this brief message. This show is brought to you by the Missions Tribune newspaper. We bring you the news that matters, unfiltered, without bias. The news that affects you, your family, church, or nation. The public has a great amount of distrust for the media today. Somehow the fourth estate fell from a great voice in the nation. A press corp that held officials accountable, a trusted source of unbiased news to an entertainment report where the news is written to fit an agenda and not the facts. That's why we started the Mission Tribune newspaper. We wanted to tell the news as it is, the news that matter. Our reporters have international experience and long investigative pieces to their credit. We cover humanitarian and religious news from your church or civic group to around the world. Subscribe today at themissionstribute.com. Subscribe. We'll send a copy out to your home or office every two weeks. Thanks for supporting journalism that brings you the stories that matter to you. Okay, Larry. As a a banker in my former life, uh, this story hits home about the uh, bank accounts for customers are suddenly closed. And uh, it started out talking about you're standing in a court counter and the clerk informs you your debit card will not work. Uh, You grab the phone, call your bank, and are informed that your account has been closed. And you had no idea why because there's been nothing to you. The New York Times recently reported that customers are finding their accounts shut down more frequently than ever. According to Thomas Reuter, Reuters, banks filed more than 1.8 million suspicious activity reports known as SARS in 22, 50% increase from 2021 and 2020. This year, the figure is back on track to hit 2 million. And what a SARS is, a suspicious activity report, we had to take a class, an annual test on this every year to, to try to identify if this was drug money, if it was anything like that uh, suspicious coming in. So um, anything that's 10000 and above in cash, unless you were like a casino at, at, in Charlestown or unless you uh, had certain uh, vending machine business. Or that, washing. That's a good example. Vending machine, uh, any of that stuff that would be normal that you would expect, then it isn't. But if you're, uh, as an example, I had a friend whose whose mother is in a nursing home, so they had to sell the. She'll never get out, so they sold the family house and divided among the two kids. His sister did it because she's living in that area, and as she gets the money from the people, she sends him a check for six, seven, eight hundred, or eight thousand dollars every time. Well, you know, all of a sudden, this generated a suspicious activity because here he is coming in, uh, just a, a person who's retired, and all of a sudden he's putting in checks for several thousand, even as low as three thousand. If it's a regular thing, they they can, if it looks suspicious, they can mark it as low as even 3, though it's 3. in a check form and not cash. Yep. Well, norm, yes, even if, if it's checks too, but it, because sometimes they will. Uh, 
put money, part of the money in one bank and another bank and this and that. And then they write checks on that account to put it in this one when it comes from as a check. It normally doesn't arrive. But if there are several checks written, somehow the computer kicks out a report saying there's been several checks written uh, in the amount of seven to $9,000 over the last six months. So somebody's trying to keep it under the $10,000 flag, but mm-hmm. you're still catching it. But, but they're catching it. They'll catch it. And so that's uh, banks, you know, they're required uh, to do that or they will get docked. I mean, it's not something that they're just doing for the fun of it. Um, and, and the times. But, but how, how often do you have somebody bringing in drug money? I mean, it would seem to me like if you was in any illegal activity, you'd want to keep it in cash because you, if you go to the bank, you're subject to being flagged for Unless taxes. you want to transfer it somewhere. Example, uh, okay. we had a, we had a guy who was in real estate in this area. He died not too long ago. I saw his obituary, but he was a customer of mine in the trust department, but he also was a big bank customer and they closed his accounts. The bank examiners made them. Reason being that uh, he would save money up. He was from Iran. And so he saved money up, and then he would send a, uh, a large, come in and, and send large amounts of money back to Iran, which is not on the, the United States' most favorite list. Yeah. You know? So they came in and they did a major, I mean, they came in and they did, a, the feds did a major investigation. And I was told not to talk to him. Well, wouldn't it have been better to, to well, not just in his case, but in all these cases, to call your client in and set him down and say, where's this money coming from? Because we're, we filed a, a SAR, and now we want to know what you're doing. Yeah, well, I, I don't think you can do that. But I, and I can't answer this truthfully, but my opinion would be you can't do that because that would give them warnings not to do it anymore if they are doing something illegal oh okay the big one you know another yeah. one i thought of that never doesn't get you own laundromats but yeah. then there were stories of uh the gambling money in uh new jersey the, the mafia they uh, mafia owned hundreds car washes car washes and laundromats yeah. <laughs> you know so that they didn't do it but you know that should flag as if if i have a car wash and you have one and we're both in the same town and they're both 12 bays each yeah and i'm doing 10 times the amount, something's <laughs> going to be suspicious. If they're at the same bank. Did they, is there any SARS filed on the Biden family? Yeah, that was going to be my next point. That's what they're talking about and how they tracked us down. There was something like 20 or 30 or even more SARS on the Biden family. Um, and that's what, what they are now looking at. Uh, I think it's Senator or, Repub- or Representative Comer. Yes. And I think it's Comer. So he'd be representative if they're studying that. Yeah. So, uh, he has been, yeah, that's what they've been studying is that very thing. The SARS and they, they, I saw the figure, but I cannot remember it. Well, when a bank's required to do that and and you, and let's just say you file a SAR on John Doe yeah. is his account permanently closed. Now? No, it just cause you file one doesn't close it. Um, but if uh, a lot of times it never gets looked at, or if it gets looked at someone says, well, you know, that's one time where, you know, but it's the computer. It's back to a, everything's a, AI now. Yeah. And the computer sees a pattern, then the computer's going to flag it. And that's the problem that if banks, um, they often, you know, if somebody, let's say their account is closed and they want to get the money out, often to get it closed and everything you have to do, the banks sometimes take weeks to get the money to the people. So when these institutions, um, whether it be a, not the bank, but I'm talking about the, the businesses, they lose their, uh, or individuals close their credit, uh, 
their credit scores can suffer because they can't they don't have the money the out of the banks to pay the bills. So they're late. So then they get suffered. Upon cancellation, small businesses uh, often have to make payroll. How are you going to make payroll if you don't uh, have the money right there? How, how can the bank legally hold the money? Um, well, you, they're closing the account, but there's certain steps you have to go through. When I had it was in the trust department, which is a little bit different, but we had to, um, there, there were certain steps, a whole checklist when you close the account that you had to do. And it took us, uh, now ours had had securities in it and everything, not just cash, but uh, we had, there were certain steps we had to do that uh, and check everything off and when we did it and because the bank examiners when they came in would look at that any every account that was closed and every account was opened that was the primary thing they looked at and when like an account coming in one of them was was there any cash yeah so that would be a red flag that in itself then yeah which is legal currency but if, if you can't pay your bills you're, there goes your credit score and that's a, a credit score for a person or a company is as important just about as important as your social security number yeah yeah that's pretty that's pretty tragic for those type of people and the thing is often like we wrote about in the paper here they don't even know that it's happened until they try to draw the money out or, or bounce a check you know yeah they have um, they come algorithms that flag these suspicious stuff. And, uh, so it's a one basically, I think has taken over with the analysis, uh, with no human common sense in it. Yeah. Especially if it's a client that, you know, personally that comes into your bank every week or a few times a month, you know, you would know if he's a, well, you may not know, but it would still be, you, you could tell the difference of, He's not dealing drugs or trying to launder money for the Taliban yeah, or some, for the Biden family. Somebody went into one of the banks and said, you know, why did you do this? He said, don't ask me. The computer flagged you. Yeah. Now, is that a good explanation? Where's your person? You know, you got personal bankers. Supposedly, the bankers say they have this. They want to, oh, we got personal bank. Come here. We can, we one-on-one and this and that. Uh, you yeah. know, where's the personal banker when you get ready to close your account? Yeah. And like you said, doesn't somebody call you? Don't they go talk to you? See what's going on? Well, you know, the Biden administration has been using the FBI to go after pro-life. And that's, yep. People and, and not Christian related to the bank. Yeah. But I just want to know, do you think yeah. that something like this could be spilled over into yes, the it Christian has. community? Chase just closed, uh, and they can't figure out why, the, uh, the bank accounts of uh, one of the um, like a Liberty, but it's something I wasn't familiar with it, but it's an organization that represents, um, the charitable institutions, the religious, uh, files lawsuits to protect them and, and on a religious basis, uh, chase, just chase bank, just closed one of their accounts and did not give any reason why that's now that's getting pretty scary because you could just like Biden weaponized the DOJ and the FBI, he could do the same thing. Now with the banks, you know, where, and you are dependent on a bank today. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can't drive around with, you know, thousands of dollars in your trunk and make payroll. Or, well, you can, but I wouldn't be. I <laughs> wouldn't recommend, especially with the carjackings that are going on, including in Washington, D.C., when Biden's daughter, granddaughter, the oh, attempt to, to carjack her car. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking. It was a federal car, too. It wasn't her car. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you would think, uh, yeah, I don't think well, riding around with money would be a very safe well, thing. If they're to out, do. I, go, I got thinking about that. I said, these guys are out and they're trying to hijack a, or carjack a, a, a federal government car. 
It shows they have no fear. Well, that or they're just no wonder they're they have no smarts. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's more that than anything else. But they got away with it at least so they, far. Well, yeah, they shot at them. Evidently, there was one shot, and uh, they did not catch them. Yeah, I think it was, I, what I was seeing was it was three shots that were fired. But you know, here here's the that just goes to prove you. you all of us are dependent on. Uh, multiple banks, you know, yeah. and we're, we're writing a check out of our bank to somebody else. They're cashing that, and then they're, you know, doing whatever the payroll yeah. or whatever. So, but what a year! Okay, go ahead and finish your. Story. I was just going to say, it seems like that would really be a weak link in your chain of security if they can just shut you down without you even yeah. knowing it. You remember, I wrote a, a year ago. I wrote uh, my column on uh, seven tips to survive for survival or something to that effect. And one of them was own gold and silver, primarily silver, because if you can't get to your bank accounts, then you and you and money isn't any good because of uh, the Federal Reserve just can't cover everything we've got going here and all the debt for the country. You at least have something. And I said silver instead of gold because of. A piece of silver, a uh, 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 50-cent piece, the old ones, a uh, silver dollar, they're worth, they're worth anywhere from 17 to $30. And you can go in and buy a loaf of bread and stuff to eat on with that. Yeah. But if we take a gold coin, which is worth just a shade under $2,000 now for an ounce of gold, uh, they can't make change for it. Yeah. So that's why I was saying, and I, I have 10% of my assets in silver, uh, unfortunately, they're at the bank. <laughs> yeah, which if they close that, you're not going to be able to get the safety deposit. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really, a, you know, this causes a lot of stress for people in the United States now, especially what I have found is the older the person is, the harder all these changes are okay. on them. Okay. And the youngest people, you know, in their twenty early 20s especially, they think, hey, this is kind of a normal, this is every day, you know, this is the norm. Yeah. Well, for us... It's not the norm. Yeah. Well, things change because I uh, I went by the bank today. To, my wife got a check for like $55.07 or something to that effect and to her. And so I'll take it to the bank. So she signed it, and I signed it, and took it in. And the tellers asked me for an ID. Well, I, I worked for that bank for a long time, and I was the senior <laughs> vice president of that bank. But I retired 10 years ago. Yeah. And nobody knows me except for a few people now. Yeah, that, you know, I kind of get hurt, but yet I understand they're all new people. People move on. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, a whole different world than what it was at one time. That's for sure. Where the banker was somebody that lived in your community and you knew him. Yeah. Same with newspaper publishers. You knew who he was. He lived in your community. Yeah. Now that's not the way it is at all. Are you looking for a job that you'll love? An office with a view? Called Custer Trucking. New trucks. Long hauls. $1,500 weekly. Call 304-822-0959. Drive for a company that lets you haul the money home. Okay, what's next, Larry? Child mutilation surgeries cost taxpayer millions. And, uh, you know, we've all heard about people trying to change their sex and uh, the surgeries that the women go through or girls go through for breast removals. The guys get them implanted. Uh, and et cetera, et cetera. I don't go into everything, but uh, I found out there's now it's a, it's a market. Uh, it's a it's a big business. Millions of dollars are being spent on mutilating surgeries, uh, and, and they're administered to children. 
And I, I can't figure out why that anybody under 18 can go ahead and get this done, but they can in most in a lot of states. Right, that's right. Uh, but as the trans movement grows stronger, uh, more and more children are exposed to this homosexual ideas through books, movies, and media. Uh, and the medical industry is, stands by, they're ready to reap millions or billions of dollars, millions, I guess, uh, uh, from this, from the surgeries. And... Uh, uh, they said that uh, hospitals are quick to do the math, and then they open departments in the high-profile business. I yeah. guess you know COVID. COVID isn't paying. Every time we had a COVID case come in, they got two or three thousand dollars. If even if they died of a gunshot wound, they put COVID on the death yeah. certificate so they could get the money from the government. That's right. I guess that money's kind of running out. So now they're going after this. Right, and you know, I, it, you would think that doctors who take an oath to do no harm, yeah, to do the best that they can for a client, a patient, you know, they, now they're, they're saying, well, this is going to wreck this, this kid, this teenager, but, uh, I don't really care. I'm, we're going to make a lot of money and they can do whatever. Or they're they getting, the doctors are getting pushed by their, by the hospital administration for the money, for yeah. the money. But still they're invited, they, you know, they violated their own oath here because I don't care how anybody says it. I know the trans thing is real popular and, and it's all great and wonderful and whatever, but here's the fact. When you change like that, it's a permanent operation. It's going to cause some permanent yeah. things to happen. Some of it can be reversed, but not right. all of it. That's right. And uh, and when these kids, we don't allow we don't allow a twelve year old to buy a handgun or go down to the bar and drink or even drive a car. Right. They can't do any of those things. Well, I mean, a lot of the biggest problem in this article states is that uh, Medicaid, the government, is paying for a lot of this. And we talked about once before in our, about the. Uh, people get into the army because the army is going to pay for these surgeries, right. you know, and that was the purpose of getting in. And then they knew they didn't have to do phys ed and all the other stuff. It was kind of, uh, but which kind of d- completely diffuses the armed services. Yeah. You know, that's the purpose of being there. That's why you and I had to work out when we were in the military is because they wanted us to be ready. Now that's not the case. Well, the Fe- Philadelphia pencil, excuse me, Pennsylvania family Institute discovered public funding through Medicaid, for these procedures increased from about 60,000 in 2015 to more than 5 million in 2022. Pretty scary. It is. This is, uh, it's, uh, it, the state is increasing its funding for gender transition procedures, uh, every year. And I, I read somewhere in here that for, it's for, they're paying out $14,000, uh, per day to mutilate children. Right. And you know what the bad thing is going through Medicaid like that, there are many single moms and single dads that are struggling to, to, you know, they, they, it is true. You've got medical coverage, but you're going to get the very yeah. bottom care. Yeah. But that's sick. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm, that's, that's my note. I wrote on the side when I read that. I was like, this is sick. Yeah, it is. It is. And the thing is when you say something like that, people say, Oh man, we're going to have to counsel you now because, <laughs> because you're not part of the cool crowd. Well, I don't want to be a part of the cool. If that's the requirement, take me off the list of the cool crowd. The Liberty foundation, which we're is one of our friends, uh, the founder, Matt uh, Staver said taxpayers should not be paying to, uh, irreversible irreversibly mutilate children allowing taxpayer funded insurance programs to reimburse hospitals for harming children is a violation of the public good every state should uh, end these requirements more states need to pass laws to keep children safe Uh, some red states have uh, passed laws that but but not that many and they're still being tested in court 
And, you know, this is a sad situation for the kids that are getting caught up in this. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have, we weren't subjected to this when we went to school. Yeah. You know, nobody was trying to tell you you should be a homosexual or that you really are a woman. They were trying to push you into sports. You know, the, everything that was kind of manly is the direction that we were pointed into. And, of course, the ladies, the girls, they were pointed into other things, too, including sports that they could do well and excelled in. But today it's like uh, I'm really – and if you look at the kids, I see so many of them today that are identifying as something else. I'm a different sex or I'm, I'm, I'm an animal, <laughs> I'm a tree, you know, God did not make a mistake when yeah. he made you. You were, you were well thought through in, before you were in your mother's womb. It says that in Jeremiah. You know, he, yes. he knew you before you were born. So I don't think he, God said, oh, man, I, I shoot, I made a mistake here. Oh, well, I'll have to, have to do better on the next child. Yeah. You know, <laughs> It doesn't work like that. Yeah, well, Dr. Uh, Shane Taylor, a university professor and physician at Vanderbilt, that's where my youngest grandson is trying to get his be number one in his class so he can go there. That's his, that's his goal. Uh, the, transgen, uh, the, the Vanderbilt Clinic for Chan- Transgender Health, uh, this professor and physician stated in a lecture in 2018, that gender surgeries are a huge are huge money makers for the hospital. I mean, he admitted it in public in yeah. a, in, in a speech, and a couple other doctors have said the same thing. Uh, the states that have, have stopped Medicaid from paying: uh, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi, Missouri, Nebraska, North Carolina, Ohio, and South Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas. However, I didn't see West Virginia, and I thought they had passed that, but I did not see West Virginia. And I think they um, they were trying to, but I don't know if it got passed. Evidently, it didn't get passed because it's not on this list. Well, you know, shame on these medical centers and medical industry because, you know, when you're placing dollars ahead of the children that we're supposed to be taking care of in this society, shame on you. This podcast has been selected by panelists from Feedspot as one of the top 60 humanitarian podcasts on the web. We landed at number nine. We are reaching over 50 countries too. God has blessed us. Thank you for tuning in. And now back to the show. I saw this article. Uh, you put it in, you're putting it in a paper and you already had it written, but I saw it in the USA Today, USA Today uh, in today's issue about the pro-life bishop uh, Bishop Strickland, Bishop Strickland being uh, removed from his position by the Pope, the Vatican. Right. Uh, I know this is something you've talked about, uh, the Pope and the, some of the actions his taken. So why don't you tell me about it? Well, you know, uh, we are talking right now about a, a Catholic issue, but our Protestant listeners, I think, will definitely agree on certain aspects of this. Protestants and Catholics disagree on different things, and I can respect that. You know, I really can. But the problem is when you remove a leader in your church, in this case a bishop or a priest or a pastor, when you take somebody like that out because they believe in the Bible, because they follow the teachings of the traditional church, then something is way out of whack. You know, it's like joining the NRA— and finding out that they're actually trying to ban guns, you know? I mean, it's that's what they're there to do, and that's what the Catholic Church is there to do, is spread the gospel. Protestant churches are doing the same thing. Now, if Bishop Strickland was, if he, if he was, stealing money or molesting children, I would be all for him being removed. Yeah. But they did an investigation, and there's none of that. 
They were digging. They went through his closets with a fine-tooth comb, and there's nothing. So they just finally had to say, you have to resign. And he said, I'm not going to resign for doing the right thing. And they said, okay, then you're fired. Now, mm-hmm. that you know that happened over several days, actually a few weeks. But Bishop Strickland spoke out. He actually, he's from Tyler, Texas. He went to California when the, when the Sisters of Perpetual perversion or whatever they're called yeah <laughs> they when they went to the to, to the stadium he was there and was leading catholics in protest against them because for our audience that doesn't know who they are they're men that dress like nuns and they strip their clothes to a man on a cross that represents jesus i can't imagine Indul- how it could be more sisters of an, is it indulges indulgence in perpetual indulgence yeah i think that's what i, I call them perpetual perverts but anyway they, he, he was opposed to that. He's been opposed to gay marriage. He's not going to bless a gay marriage in the church. But he's then not I, didn't the Pope it. just last week come out and say that he's, he, he blesses transgender or you know, same-sex wet marriages? But I think it was transgender. And homosexuals can have their children uh, that they've adopted. Yeah. They can have their children baptized. You know, I mean, there, there, he's, it's definitely sending the wrong signal. The days of the great, great, with now St. Pope John Paul II are over, mm. you know. And so he led such a conservative movement. He spread the gospel across the world, yes. literally. He, was, he traveled constantly, and he went everywhere, poor places. You know, it was wherever he needed to go to, to spread the gospel. This pope... And this will get me in a lot of trouble with Catholics, but the traditionalist will love me. But and, and but it doesn't matter who loves me and who hates me. I have to speak the truth. I, this pope is totally in the wrong for removing. And it's it, it's not just one case. It's not just yeah. Bishop Strickland. It's Father Altman. It's Father Provone. All these guys who are pro-life. That's the thing. Uh, Bishop Strickland said we will not give communion to an abortionist. Right. Like Joe Biden, for example. Now Joe Biden is not in his district in his diocese, but it, same with Nancy Pelosi. And it's not just them. You, you, can, all of us are sinners. All of us. And the church is opened to everyone to come in. A homosexual can come in. Yeah. An abortionist can come in. Everybody can come in. But you have to fall in line with the teaching. They're not going to change the teaching of Jesus Christ to fit your social mis- bottom line. I think it's, it's not, it's a think it says in there, you know, it doesn't just say, I'll give it up for now, but it says repent and sin no more. That's right. And then, you know what we try and sometimes we still sin, but that's why we go but, back to confession or in the Protestant case, they pray and ask for forgiveness because we are sinners. And as a sinner, I'm not better than anybody else. You know, I can't say that my sins are less than your sins. You know, it doesn't work like that. I need to worry about my sins, and yeah. you need to work it out over, the, over yeah. there. It's none of my business, really, because I'm not a priest. Well, we just went over the Ten Commandments. We did one for ten straight Sunday nights for Bible study. Yeah. And the thing about it is telling a white lie. Like, does this dress look, make me look fat, honey? Oh, no, it looks great. When it doesn't, is just as bad as you killing somebody. It's it's you've broken right. one of the Ten Commandments because you've lied. Right, and so often I have trouble with that. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> well, so often many of us as Christians, we 
we perceive our sin as not as bad as this other person. Yeah. So we really focus down on them. Oh, I'm and not, not as bad as Bill across the street because right. he goes to the bar every night. Yeah, and I don't. So, you know, these are the kind of things that we have to look out for. But I believe that the traditionalist Catholics need to rise up in this country and support these type of people and just we, we really have no recourse for this great bishop. Well, we have the Methodist Church that's splitting over the homosexual, <laughs> human sexuality question. Do you think that's going to, could happen with the Catholics? It could. It very could. And, and, you know, you would think that they would look at this and try to learn from it. They would say, well, this, this didn't work out well. Let's not go down that road. But uh, they're not doing it. So yeah. what a problem. Pray for the Catholic Church. Pray for the Christian Church. Pray for Church all period. of them because right. we all need it. That's right. Okay, thank you for tuning in to the News That Matters podcast. A special thanks goes out today to Eric Matthias for all the great music you heard on the show. Thanks, Eric. Great job. You can find him over at soundimage.org. And go to themissionstribune.com and sign up for our free emails. We'll keep you up to date on what's going on in our newsroom. It's free and it's easy. Feel free to report. To repost, share, like, and follow this episode. And this podcast show has been selected by panelists from Feedspot as one of the top 60 humanitarian podcasts on the web. God has blessed us. He certainly has. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great day and keep the faith. <laughs>